in West Des Moines. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condit. About 11.05 on a Tuesday, bottom of the hour, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. We'll get back into the NFL with Frank Schwab, who covers the NFL for YahooSports.com. Well, anxious to talk to our guest, Chuck Hartlieb. He's gracious enough to join us seemingly every year. We're grateful for that. Uh, there's a new quarterback under center. Well, <laughs> the shotgun. Uh, and in most cases, I want to pick Chuck's brain on that. And he joins us. Chuck Hartlieb, Trent Condon, Ken Miller. Good to reconnect with you, Chuck. How are you? Can you hear me? He says he's there. He says he's there. Chuck was getting... there. You are. There he is. How are you, Chuck? Good. How are you? Doing fine. Uh, so, what did, when you watch Alex Padilla, from what you've seen, it seems like um, certainly opens up the playbook. He moves around back there. What have you seen in his first start, and then going back into Northwestern? Will he when he came in uh, early in that football game? What do you see up out of Padilla, Chuck? Well, I mean, I think that uh, the obvious stuff is there's more mobility in the pocket right now, and uh, um, he's making good decisions. It's great not to have any turnovers last weekend, but. I was surprised and, and happy with his uh, arm strength and his touch on the ball. I, I think that deep ball to Jones was right on the mark, and uh, um, I, I think he's got some of those uh, um, other uh, little uh, pieces that you'd like to see in a quarterback as well. So he's off to a great start, and uh, you know it's the piece that I always like to mention to folks. It, it's a collective effort. You know, he's just one piece of the puzzle, and uh, you know everyone's got to keep stepping up their game on the offensive side of the ball. Chuck, I want to throw this out to you, and my memory maybe feels me here, but I think I remember reading years back, maybe it was Hayden's book, High Porch Picnic, that maybe you weren't the best guy in practice, but when the lights came on, you were a different kind of guy. Was that a fair characterization? Am I remembering that correctly? And could we maybe be seeing the same thing here? Petrus in practice, got the red jersey on. He looks great, looks elite, but different when it gets out there on the field. And how, as a coaching staff, that's got to be difficult to find those guys you got to practice to play, but some guys just don't practice as well as they play. Yes, that's, I think you're making a, a great point, and that, that was true with me. And it wasn't, you know, sometimes that immediate assumption is it's laziness or you just don't uh, necessarily apply yourself during the week. But, you know, I, I just had always needed a little more adrenaline and mm-hmm. liked Saturdays more than the rest of the week, I guess. <laughs> but uh, I, I think that you're right, though. I mean, I think that the other thing that's changed in college football that people don't think about enough probably is that the lack of contact and the, um, you know, there's just no um, tackling anymore. There's no 11 on 11 anymore. Uh, I, those guys only put pads on on Wednesdays. Otherwise, they're shorts and shirts. And, you know, it's worked out really well from a health standpoint. But, um, you know, you really don't see how good these players really are until the bullets start flying. And uh, you know, that's another case with Petrus is, you know, you really can't evaluate him unless it's a Saturday because – that pocket's a lot tighter. There's people flying around your legs and your arms, you know, on Saturdays that aren't happening during the rest of the week. And so you really don't know 
what your quarterback's going to look like until a Saturday. You know, it seems uh, that uh, that they his teammates uh, talking about Spencer Peters really have a great appreciation for him. I mean, Keegan Johnson, right? Uh, he answers questions, freshman, and before he answers the question, he was asked. He wanted to bring up his his, his the former starter in Spencer Peters. Do you think the team realizes uh, that maybe uh, his days as the starter uh, might be behind him, but they don't want to, you know, just move on without appreciating, acknowledging what kind of a player, what kind of a teammate he is? <laughs> I saw that uh, quote and, and was thinking the same thing, which uh, was kind of surprising, but, uh, you know, it's classy guys on that yep. team, and uh, that was a nice comment. But I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, you, you've you got the experience just as much as me as far as how reluctant Kirk is to make a change and how it just it's just really rare for him to do that. And so I guess I'm not necessarily certain that, you know, his days are numbered. Mm, uh, true. Certainly uh, could be surmised that way. But I think that, you know, if it's an AC joint, slight separation, he's probably out. Uh, next couple of weeks, and then he gets December to recover, and so the drama will begin for the bowl game, and maybe you let him battle it out. And um, I just think that I think your assumption is my assumption is, you know, it's one thing to not be that mobile, and you have other attributes that can really help yourself. But when you have a challenged offensive line, which we have this year, now mobility becomes even more important, and so it is going to be difficult, I think, to to move away from Padilla just because of the lack of mobility because your offensive line is struggling so much. Chuck, a question I always, I think I ask you maybe every single year that we talk, but it's about pocket presence. Being inside that pocket, you got guys falling all around you, feeling pressure, those types of things. And it feels like something throughout the whole Ference era and O'Keefe with most of it is the quarterbacks just haven't been great. Even the best ones have struggled, maybe short of Drew Tate, inside that pocket is that something that can be taught is that something that can be coached and as a quarterback just understanding those kind of things and how it is with people falling all around you how can you improve that pocket presence yeah no i mean i think it's it's clearly there's a natural piece to that it, you know especially on the backside that you, you have to feel what's going on even though you don't have eyes on it and uh, it's not something I think that you really can be taught that well. You can drill that stuff to death, but really I think that's that, that extra sense that a quarterback has or doesn't have. And I think that's another big piece on just NCAA guys going to the NFL. You just can't understand until they get in that that uh, a whole rhythm of things. But I think the piece that gets forgotten about, and I have to give all Hawkeye quarterbacks um, credit on, is, and none of us knows completely unless you're studying the 11 on 11 film, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is the rhythm of your pass offense. And it's one of those deals where it's one, two, three, I have a clear decision tree and otherwise I, I take the ball and run. And I just don't know. Sometimes I think that we have a primary receiver, but I don't know if those quarterbacks are always getting an ideal number two or number three option. And it really stinks if, you know, at the snap, you know your number one's taken away, but I don't really have a two or three option. And, you know, that's the difference between a, you know, uh, a high-tech Oklahoma pass offense and Iowa is much more of a, a, a simpler play-action um, you know, pass offense that doesn't have that two, three, four option all the time. So, yes, I agree with what your perception is, but on the flip side, if the system, and if you're in the stadium or if you see an 11-11, you can often see, hey, 
there was only one option on that route. And, and oftentimes there's a check down, there's a tight end in the flat, there's somebody uh, running back over there on, a, on an outlet. And we don't necessarily have that very often. And that, that's not the quarterback's fault. That's more of the system. And so, you know, I like to stick up for those quarterbacks from that standpoint. <laughs> Understandably so. Uh, speaking of receivers, uh, we are seeing a couple of you know freshmen really have an impact on this team, and, and it's kind of like uh, you know, unlike Ferris, where we talked about earlier that these guys, Keegan Johnson, the trust apparently is there. Arlen Bruce, it's coming. Two guys in their first year that are really having an impact, uh, and and Hawkeye fans have to clearly be excited about the future. But what do you see when you see Keegan Johnson and Arlen Bruce? Well, you know, I, I came. Uh, to Iowa City in 84, and I've been chuckling and, and thinking about wide receivers since 1984, and I'd say I've never seen two true freshman wide receivers at campus How about that? and have an impact or have the talent that these two have. I, I, I'll challenge anyone that this is the best set that we've had in 40 years, and so it's a huge deal, and uh, I think they're, they look like they're great kids, uh, great playmakers. You know, we always used to just say it's not about anything but make plays, you know, make, make something happen. And that's, what, you know, that's really what saved us is those two guys have made some key plays, and they're only true freshmen. So the upside is huge. I think it's great for the passing game. It's great for everything. It's great for the quarterback. But you're dead on, but I, I don't know if we've ever had two freshman wide receivers like this in the history of Ferentz or Fry. Do we overrate a quarterback change in the media when we're talking about it, what it means inside the locker room? I mean, ultimately, everybody wants the best guy to play, but it is a different type of position. Do we overstate things a little bit here in the media? Is it as big of a deal as we like to make it out to be from time to time? No, it's a big deal. It is. It's the most important position on the team. You know, a lot of vibe, a lot of rhythm comes out of it day in and day out, and uh now, it's a big deal. That's why I, I think Kirk is so sensitive to it and so slow to pull the trigger because he wants to show his loyalty. He wants to show all the great character issues, which I think make a ton of sense. Um, but it's 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 significant. And the message that's sensed and then the vibe that comes off it is a big deal. And, you know, I, I, it, the timing was unfortunately great because we needed a spark. The offense was really, really struggling to make plays. And so, unfortunately, the injury fit well. And, uh, you know, I think it's got an impact on everybody and probably breathed some life in him in the last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, if we can just get 20, 24 points on the board the next two weeks, I think we'll be fine because that defense is playing so well. Yeah, they really are. And getting a lot of contributions. That secondary uh, certainly very stout. Got some really good players. What about the kid in the middle? Jack Campbell, um, Ference has had some really good linebackers uh, in, in this century. No doubt about that. Campbell's got to be on that list, right? He is a special, special player. Yeah, I mean... In the last 10 years, I don't know. If we, again, he's another one of those just rare treats as far as being able to watch a guy and, and make plays. He looks like a guy that's going to be in the NFL for a long, long time. And um, the other piece that's, again, such classic Iowa is the leadership character side of just mm-hmm. he looks like people just feed off of his enthusiasm and his commitment, et cetera. And, you know, it'd be great. I think I was asking somebody this weekend if he's got – one more, I mean, I, I would think he'd leave after his third year, but sure hope he comes back next year. I think he can come back next year, but I would expect him to be gone next year. He's just that one-of-a-kind type of inside backer. Chuck Hartley joining us. Chuck, two days ago, it was the 34th anniversary of maybe your most famous play 
in a Hawkeye uniform. Fourth and 23 <laughs> in the horseshoe. And Marv Cook, he was down at the one. Thank goodness there wasn't replay back there. Take us back to that moment, going into the horseshoe, getting that victory, and helping your team on to what turned out to be a 10-win season. Well, I was just one of those kids that uh, always wanted to you know, be a quarterback, and then you dream growing up. I played touch football and played with the Nerf ball all my life, and then you think about those plays and the long bombs, et cetera, and so mm. it was a classic situation to be able to put in a two-minute drive and do it in such a, a famed stadium, and um I'll never forget walking out in the field for that uh, that drive, and you know it goes back to what I just said, making a play. And uh, you know I, I threw the ball where I wanted it to, but at the end of the day, Marv Cook made a play. Um, you know, we could do that ten different times, and Marv may not have made the play the same way, um, but he made a great jump on the ball and, and got it in the end zone. And uh, yeah, one of the best uh, days of my life, just because it's just a feeling that you know, I wish everyone could have at least once, because it was just a it was just a special, special time, and then you love a guy like Coach Fry, and it was so important for him to win in that stadium, and he never had, and so to be able to provide that to him, too, was a big, big deal. I'm guessing that uh, that would have been one of the rare instances where you and your teammates wish social media was around back in that day. I wish you could <laughs> see that on Twitter, but probably pretty glad that it wasn't for other, resp- other circumstances, exactly. right? Exactly. Yeah. Chuck Hart... More negative than positive. Yeah, for sure. Chuck Hartley. Chuck, great to catch up with you. Thank you for doing this for us. I'd uh, love to get your eyeballs on what you see out of what we think will be the starter going forward, injury or not. Great stuff, Chuck Hartley. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Go Hawks. Good to talk to you. Chuck Hartley, uh, as we take a uh, trip down memory lane with him and get the uh, how he sees the QB. Do you want to hear Hartley from Cook from Mr. Zabel? Absolutely. Oh, I thought you were going to play it. We're not only down to 16 seconds, this is fourth down. Ball is at the 29. This is it, folks. Can Hartley and the Hawks do it? Hartley sprinting back. Into the, it's caught, it's in, the five, yes, a touchdown. Let's go. I can't believe it. A touchdown to Marv Cook. Holy cow. Fourth and 23. That's awesome. Cook makes the play, cuts in, gets down to the one. They called it a touchdown. He was down at the one. They called it a touchdown. It would have been a first down, though. Right. So it wouldn't have been game over there because they're at the 29. Yeah. Would have been first and goal with but tick, 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 six tick. seconds left. And yeah, I don't remember if there was a timeout or if the clock uh. stopped for the sticks to move back. Then. I'm I sure it did. Think. Yeah, yeah, you would think back mm-hmm. then. Get up there, and then Hartley could have just snuck it in for the touchdown. Oh, great stuff. Really good. Uh, thanks again to Chuck Hartley for joining us. And I think it's fair. I mean, he sees what everybody sees. It's yes. a different offense with Padilla out there. It's an offense that makes more sense it for does. what they are right. right now. It gives them a chance. Mm-hmm. Gives them a big-time chance. Be ready, though. Illinois, even without Bielema this week, they're going to be ready. Yeah. That's true. And just go back to a year ago when, oh, Purdue doesn't have Brom. It's going to be no big mm-hmm. deal. And they lose. Just because mm-hmm. the head coach isn't there, he's still scheming, scheming, game planning, yep. motivating. He's doing all those things he this just week. just won't be on the sideline. Uh, that, that's for, look, a couple of weeks ago, I watched Illinois beat Penn State. It was mm-hmm. an ugly game, a bunch of overtimes, but I watched them win the football game. Beat Minnesota. Huh? So they can jump up and beat you. And they played well on the road. Right. Beat Nebraska in week zero. Yes. Nobody saw that And coming. they're going to have seven offensive linemen out there. Uh-huh. They're going to play bully ball. And this Iowa defense, they gave up rushing yards last week. They're not big. This is not a big defensive line by any measure. They're going to try to bully it. 
Yeah, I don't know if their offensive line size-wise equates to what they saw this past week. Well, when you get seven of them out there. That's true. Makes a difference. All right, let's do our uh, keyword, shall we? Uh, Frank Schwab coming up from Yahoo Sports. We'll get back into the NFL with Frank. Time for another $1,000 handoff. Text the keyword dollar to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Dollar to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com. He will join us on the other side. It's Miller and Condon. Uh, We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Family Dental. The Chicken Coop is the place for great food and wings with three metro locations. The Chicken Coop has the best, fresh, never-frozen wings. Buffalo, garlic jalapeno, buck nasty, tropical heat, pepper teriyaki, garlic parmesan, and so much more. Along with steaks, burgers, ribs, and a children's menu for the little ones. And don't forget about the Chicken Coop's daily lunch and drink specials. Catch all the games at the Chicken Coop. In Ankeny, Urban Day in Ankeny. With year end approaching, you may have a surplus of dental care as part of your health plan. Fuller Dental has appointments available between now and year's end. Visit fullerdental.net or call 515 266 3437. 266 3437 to schedule your appointment at Fuller. No. Joined by Dr. Ethan Heisman from Elite Eye Care, University Avenue in West Des Moines. I suffer from dry eyes. It's not just eye drops. There's other treatments that are out there. We have one of the newest treatments available in our office. It's called Intense Pulsed Light, or IPL. It targets the abnormal blood vessels that are the root cause of the inflammation causing dry eye. The side benefit is you don't see those blood vessels anymore. That's Elite Eye Care, 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines, and a new location, the Eye Company. One for podcasting. Guys, are you looking for an excuse to watch football all weekend long? Then schedule your vasectomy with the Urology Center of Iowa. The Urology Center of Iowa offers nitrous during your vasectomy, cutting-edge technology to help you relax during your procedure. Make the call to 515-400-3550. That's 400-3550 or online at iowauro.com. Vasectomies with the Urology Center of Iowa. And tell them you heard it on Bets Off. Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, plus their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at Kemker'sTrueValue.com. That's Kemker's True Value bets off. Welcome back. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Our final guest of the day, as promised, Frank Schwab, YahooSports.com, covers the NFL sports wagering as well at Yahoo Sports. And Frank joins us. Frank, good to reconnect with you. Uh, Trenton Cannon, Des Moines, we will get to your Badgers and their uh, ascension up the ladder to the now uh, cream of the crop in the Big Ten West. Uh, so, But let's start in the NFL. Frank, it's been one of those seasons that seemingly every week that goes by, I've got another team. I know you do power rankings. You've got Green Bay at the top of your latest. I agree with you, by the way, but can you recall a season like this where there's been so much change as to who we think is the best team in the league 
on any given week? No, I, I really can't. And yeah, we've seen plenty of seasons where you know uh, there's been shakeups at, at the top, but there's always one or two teams you can trust, right? right. Like okay, like, the rest of teams three through ten might not be very good, but we're, we could still count on these two or three teams, right? And that's just not happening this year. I, I you know, yeah, like when I did power rankings last night, I finally I just I had the Packers probably too low last week after they lost to the Chiefs and. You just look and you say, I, I guess I trust the Packers best, uh, but really, do we? I don't know. It's not like they look great on Sunday or anything. It's just Russell look worse. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't it's – just, it's just a weird season where every time you, you want to trust a team, you, you want to trust the Cowboys and they go out and lay an egg against – the Broncos. You want to trust the Buccaneers because they have everybody back from a Super Bowl team, and they you know, lose two in a row to a Trevor Simeon-led Saints team, and then right. the Washington football team. It's just been a, a weird, weird season that way, and uh, yeah, it, it's as far as the absolute top and not trusting any single team that you see, yeah, this is it's kind of new territory. Speaking of those top-level teams, the Titans have run one six in a row. They continue to beat good teams. Now, the schedule changes. It's the Texans, Patriots after that, but they still have the Jaguars, the Dolphins, Texans again. Schedule sets up very well. Is this going to be the number one seed? Get out your soothsayer hat. We have the Titans number one in the AFC. I mean, it could be. They do have the tiebreaker over the Bills. That's going to help. They have the tiebreaker you know, over some of the other teams that, that they're going to be in, in contention with. They've had a hard schedule. Now it gets easier. Like you said, I don't know that I trust them as a team. I, their, their offense has been bad since Derrick Henry's been gone. They've they've found ways to win, and that look, that's a skill. Like, like other teams are talking about haven't found a way to win, so I, I can't sit here and be too critical of them. But they'd be one of those one seeds I, I wouldn't trust to win a game. Honestly, I, I just don't. Unless Derrick Henry's back, he changes so much for them. But I don't know. I, I just I just don't see this as being a really really strong team. But you're right; they might be the number one seed. I, I mean, uh, everything sets up pretty well for them, and they're well coached, and you know, not like they're a, they're a zero. I, I just don't think they're quite as good as a record and maybe that comes comes back and uh, and manifests itself maybe it doesn't but i i just don't trust this team i really don't of all the teams who you know you could trust couldn't trust whatever the titans are one of those we feel like we could trust because they won six in a row but i just don't think they're that good like their their defense is fine but their offense has just really really disappeared so i, I don't know i'm not not really uh they could be a number one seed and, and absolutely nobody would pick them well let's talk about the kansas city chiefs because suddenly they've won three in a row and they struggled against the giants in one of them and in the next one there was no Aaron Rodgers. it was the jordan love experience that didn't go well but all of a sudden sunday night football they looked like the chiefs again would you frank um be ready to anoint them as being back or do you still need to see more yeah i need to see more i mean look uh, yeah like you said they they did beat the packers two weeks ago but you win 13-7 against a jordan love team that can't score uh, all right, that doesn't really prove much to me. And I looked at that game, a lot of that was the Raiders to me. I think the Raiders are on empty emotionally. I mean, look at all the bad through this season. I mean, they've had like five seasons worth of drama all packed into ten weeks. It's tough. It, it, they've had a tough year. So I just think, you know, hey, yeah, you blasted the Raiders, and that's good. You need to take care of the teams you need to take care of, and, and that was a, a great win for them and a positive step. But I don't know that necessarily I think that, oh, okay, now that Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl, the, the, the issues they have are still there. They still are very, very thin on offense. Like, look, the top end is great. They're, they're top-heavy. They're not thin. They're, they're, you know, Tyreek and Travis Kelsey are phenomenal guys to, to start with, but 
Who else do they have? There's nobody else in that offense that's going to scare a defensive coordinator, and that's a problem. Their offensive line's getting better, and I hope it gets better for their, their sake, but I don't know. You know, There's still questions about them. And then the defense, I don't know that they've necessarily arrived. They've played a lot better the last three weeks. No doubt about that. They really have, have shown improvement, but we'll see once they face a really, really good offense, which they will this week against the Cowboys. So let me see what they do against the Cowboys. If they, mm-hmm. they come out and handle business against the Cowboys, they look like they did on Sunday night, I'll say, okay. Yeah, now all of a sudden this, we can start talking about them as a Super Bowl contender again. But I'm not quite there with them yet. Talking NFL with Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports. Frank, uh, it comes out again after a tie. It seemingly happens every single time. A player saying, I didn't know a game could end in a tie. Hey, how does that happen? How does an NFL player not realize the rules that they're playing in? And yes, a game can end in a tie. And secondly, we had a spot where... I don't know. Something else can be done. Are ties necessary here in 2021? Are you still fine with it? Uh, I don't know another way around it, to be honest. I mean, I don't love it. I, I hate it when they cut down overtime from 15 minutes yeah. to 10 because you're just asking for more ties. And it was done in the name of player safety, which is kind of ridiculous to me. I, I don't know, like, how? Like, I, is there some proof that the last five minutes of overtime are when most injuries happen? I don't buy that necessarily. So I hate it when they cut down overtime. But I don't see, look, you don't want to play a week nine game between, or a week ten game between the Steelers and the Lions. You don't want to play it after three overtimes. Like, you just don't want to do it. Yeah, I, I don't want, like, I don't know what the NFL's version of a hockey shootout would be, but I don't want that either. <laughs> just, I, I'm fine. I, I don't like when they ended a tie. It's very unsatisfying to everybody involved, but. I honestly don't see really a way around it. I think that that's just, hey, that, that's what it is. That's what we're going to do. Uh, it, it changes in the playoffs, obviously. Be, but I, I think that, you know, I, I think that I, I just don't like the new rule change. But, yeah, like, what do, what do you feel if you're the Detroit Lions? Like, you're 0-8. You finally get a, a non-loss, but you, you don't feel good about it, right? Like, you're just like, oh, I, I guess we didn't lose this week because, uh, I, I don't know necessarily, you know, they're going and, and popping champagne in the locker room or anything. So, yeah, it's just a completely unsatisfying result. Yeah, I wonder how Campbell handled instead of Victory Monday, where they take a half a day off? Um, <laughs> right, take right. a couple hours. Yeah, take a couple hours off. Uh, Frank Schwab is our guest. Frank, is this an overreaction based on last night's really disappointing performance by the Rams? And I'm looking there squarely at their quarterback, Matthew Stafford, who the last two weeks has not been good. Uh, what, what's, what's wrong with Stafford? What's wrong with the Rams? I don't. I don't know. I, I think last week was a little fluky. They, you know, the, the picks on back-to-back plays are just. It's hard to win when when you throw interceptions. Literally, give them two touchdowns on back-to-back plays. They they outgained them the rest of the game. They kind of outplayed the Titans the rest of the game. You just dug yourself too big of a hole. Monday night was really bad. Like there's there's just no doubt. Like there's there, you can't you can't put that anyway, but how are they different than the rest of the NFL? We already talked about how you can't trust any contenders, and they go out and lay an egg, but what does that really mean? They're they're just like every other team at that point, that, that they can't sustain anything. But Stafford, you know, Stafford's got, he's, he's a guy who I just he looked really good, and he has looked really good at times this year. There's no doubt about that. But he's also a guy who's just not in that top tier. He's a, he's a second-tier guy who he's good, and you can win with him. If, if you put a good team around him, you're going to be just fine. The Rams could still win a Super Bowl with him. I have no doubt about that. But he's not a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes type guy who 
could just put an entire team on his back and just carry them no matter what. And we're seeing that. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But if people expected Matthew Stafford to all of a sudden be the one of the three best quarterbacks in the league, that just never was realistic. He, he, he made one Pro Bowl in 13 years. And I, I realize that the Lions are the Lions, but I, if you're that guy, you show that long before. So I think that there's nothing really to worry about with the Rams, I don't think. I think you're going to be just fine. But it's just they're going to be fine because they have a pretty good team and a, a good quarterback, but if you think they're going to be you know, a Super Bowl champion because they have this top five quarterback, well, that, that's just not it. That, that ain't who Stafford is. Vikings get a win. The inconsistency continues up and down throughout this season. This Vikings team has been inconsistent. Is it playoffs or bust for Zimmer to keep his job? You always have to think so, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I mean, everything is everything's contextual. Like, I mean, what happens if on Sunday, you know, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and Justin Jefferson all get hurt. And then, okay, well, I mean, at that point, it changes the math a little bit. But I, I, you kind of get that sense. I mean, they've lost so many close games, and they've mismanaged a lot of it. And you just feel like if they can't make the playoffs this year, then then what's the point in another year? Like, I mean, I, I, I like Mike Zimmer as a coach. I really do. I, I think he's, he's a good coach, and I'm not sure that the Vikings' next coach is necessarily going to be better. But at some point, it's you know, you hate change for change's sake, but... Why keep doing the same thing over and over? You're you're not getting out of this rut. You're not taking a step forward. But the good news for them, I think they are a playoff team. I really do. Like, I mean, you look, and I know this is trite and cliche and all that kind of stuff, but this thing would easily be 9-0. I mean, if you change... A, a couple plays in each game. Vikings fans know this. They are in every single game they've been in. They've had a chance to win, and they've just come up short. Not part of that's coaching. Part of that's Cousins not making the plays he needs to make at certain times. But I think this team's better in its record, and I think they're going to get on a run. I think they're going to they're going to be just fine. I actually do think they're going to win on Sunday. I think they're they're going to make a, they're they're going to show the NFL that hey we're pretty good, and they're going to be one of those teams that kind of gets hot in the second half, doesn't win a division, but comes and gets in that wild. Spot. Uh, one more for me on the NFL, then I do want to talk about your Badgers, who are in the driver's seat with that tiebreaker over the Hawks. Uh, concerning the Broncos, the, the Teddy Bridgewater, that that was an awful look. Uh, I read your piece today. It's apparently still got the locker room. My, my point on uh, on the quarterback is, at some point, don't they have to play Drew Locke? I know that they, you know, re- theoretically, they should know what he is at this point in the system, but this has got to be, it's got to be coming to the end. If indeed it, it goes the way it looks that it's going, don't they have to give Drew Locke a shot to prove that he can or can't, you know, be a player in this league or on that team in particular? I mean, honestly, I think the jury's already in. I think he's just not that guy. I don't think that he could do anything the rest of the way, realistically. I mean, could. I, he could go out there and look like you know, Justin Herbert for half a season, I guess, theoretically. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think that, realistically, you're going to put Drew Locke out there and you're going to see exactly what you've seen out of Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that's the guy. I don't think that you can have any confidence in him going forward. And I think they know that. I think that's why they got Teddy, even though he wasn't. They knew what Teddy was, too. But I, I think that they just, you know, it, it just ain't happening with Drew Locke. And so, you know, you look and, and you're you're in the playoffs race. Like, why wouldn't you be? It, they're up and down, but they do have banked some wins, and I don't think they're that bad. Wisconsin, well, they're um, there. They are at the top of the standings in the West again. They're running the football. The offensive, we knew the defense was good, and the defense has been good uh, throughout the season. But they're running the ball, and I don't know. Have they um, shrunk the playbook for Graham Mertz? They're not allowing him to make mistakes, and that seems to be maybe one of the biggest reasons that this team is starting to take off again. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, early in the season, I think they fell into the trap. I think Graham Mertz was, he's a high, big time recruit for them, which, especially for a Wisconsin quarterback. Like, it's the most excited I, I know of my friends and me wherever for a quarterback recruit because you just don't get recruits at quarterback in Wisconsin. I think the coaches fell into that trap, too, of thinking, this is the guy. We're, we're going to have a really, really top end quarterback. And they kind of changed their philosophy around that. They, they were, they're passing way more than they should have early in the year. They just, they, they wanted, to believe in Graham Mertz being a top-end guy, but he's just, he hasn't been. Maybe he will be at some point, I doubt it, but he's not. And so you get back to, okay, who we are, who are we as Wisconsin football? Well, it's just running the ball and then we'll have our quarterback be a game manager, make a couple plays a game, and, and that that's kind of gotten back to what they do well. I'm as shocked as anybody. I, I gave up on this team. I, I was like, this team ain't even making a bowl game. For So, for them to be where they are in the West is, you know, I know the West is, you know, the West is the West. But right. <laughs> I, I'm really, really like, for the coaches to make the, the necessary adjustments, I think Jim Leonard is, I, I, I'm a homer, so I'll just say it, but I think Jim Leonard is the best assistant coach in the country. I really do. Like, he is an unbelievable coach, and I do not know, like, I, I, I don't know how Wisconsin still has him. He would be a great head coach somewhere else and I hope he never goes to be a coach anywhere else he just takes over for Chris the best done but you know it, it's been really impressive what Wisconsin's done because I didn't I, I never saw this coming after the you know the, the September they had uh, we won't talk to you to December so just 30 seconds we'll let you go what does the axe mean what does Minnesota Wisconsin mean to a Wisconsin alum kid who grew up around there uh, what, what does that game mean I mean, honestly, I wish I could give you a rah-rah speech now, but Minnesota's <laughs> been so bad for two decades yeah. that it really doesn't matter that much. That, that's just the truth. Like, I, yeah. I'm sorry, but it's like, if we don't beat Minnesota, like, it's not like one of these, oh, we got to get up for Minnesota. It's like, if we don't beat Minnesota, that's a disaster. Like, it's it's become just a whipping boy type of rivalry. <laughs> I don't even want to call it a rivalry. It's not a rivalry. We're just on a different plane than Minnesota. And, and no, the, honestly, the rivalry doesn't mean that much because Minnesota just hasn't been on that level consistently anyway for many, many, many many, many years. Frank Schwab, great to catch up with you. Thanks for being so generous with your time, Frank. Uh, Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you in December. No doubt, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Good to talk to you. Frank Schwab, yahoosports.com. That was interesting. Doesn't really mean anything. Great trophy. Uh Uh-huh. Great prize at the end of that game. Well, think about it. Minnesota, Yeah, two years ago, had an opportunity to win the West. Yeah. Lose to Iowa. Yeah, to Wisconsin. November didn't go well. No, and that's you got to be there, right? Yep. For it to be a rivalry, yep. got to show up. And the Gophers have not shown up. I think they're going to show up this year, though. I have a feeling you are right. We will come back with Trent's play of the day. Circus Sports sponsors that. There's Maction. There's Maction. No, there's college basketball. Come on, Ken. If you want to lay a lot of points, you can uh, back the, either of the locals. We'll tell you about those numbers. We'll come back. Wrap up the program. It's a Tuesday edition of Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. One hundred six point. Yes, but you. Ken Rennick. Do you remember the time that Mike Jordan won the first of his 3 P championships? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf... PC and unaffiliated company. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. 
right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit circusports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1 800 No. Trent Condon here to tell you about Rent Estate, the new revenue rocket ship. Putting your home up for rent, not for sale. But why would you do that in a seller's market? Just do the math. Selling a home will catch you some cash once, while renting a home keeps that cash coming month after month after month. And because there are always renters, but not always buyers, Rent Estate is foolproof, recession proof, and retirement plan positive. What's not to love? The hassles of being a landlord? For one monthly flat rate, Renters Warehouse will take away the tedious tasks. Tend to your tenants, answer the 3 a.m. calls, market your property, and collect the rent. Make the savvy, long game, paradigm shift and choose Rent Estate with Renters Warehouse. Get your free rental price analysis today. Go to RentersWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429. 515-528-4429. Because you can't buy happy to call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. Holy crap, that's a lot of commercials. It's a good thing. I, it is. It was longer than our Frank Schwab piece that break. Welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the program. I, I was dead wrong last night. There is There was no Cyclone Coaches show due to I-State women. Do you know if it's on tonight? Uh-huh. Well, um, I guess I can look here. Let's see. East Village. I don't see Nothing any. at 7? What, right. What's today? Uh, week Tuesday. Two? Yeah. Don't see anything here. Gotcha. Anyways, um, Trent, it is time for your Circa Play of the Day. Yes. You've got, we mentioned Iowa gives 30 and a half, Iowa State 20 and a half. That uh, was the number as of this morning. I did look. There is a wide range for a college basketball game right now of the Iowa-North Carolina Central game. Anywhere from 28 to 30 and a half. So if you're shopping for this game, do some shopping. 1-800-BETS-OFF. Well, <laughs> There's money to be made. I get it. Jump aboard. Yeah. Uh, the total open at 145.5. It is up to 150.5 currently <laughs> at Circa. A lot of people pounding that over with the Hawkeyes tonight and the Eagles from NCC. I have a feeling tomorrow morning's first segment's going to be well, Trent, I didn't see any. But what did you think of the Iowa game? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be on this. I, I know you are. I jumped on the over right away. You did. I did. So if you want to do that, you're not going to get the best of the price right now, but that is uh, something that okay. is out there. My favorite bet, though, of the night is college basketball game. Memphis, who's really talented, mm-hmm. they have their own Fab Five, if you will, with their freshman class. Penny Hardaway got two guys that reclassified in the top two players that were supposed to be the 2022 class are there right now. They're really good. They're taking on St. Louis, who lost their best player before the year with an injury. But this team is gritty and tough and like to ugly things up. It just it has the feeling of the Billikens mucking it up and keeping it tight here. You can get eleven, see some uh, ten and a halfs out there. If you can find eleven at circa, I would jump on that. The Billikens, the favorite bet, but I got a bunch. You talk me into action. I'm grabbing those points with Bowling Green. 
Grabbing the 17 tonight. I'll be playing that. Seton Hall getting 8.5 in Michigan tonight. So I'm all over the place. But my favorite is the Billikens tonight. All righty. Good stuff. Um, there's a lot of them. Yes. Every single Tuesday night. So Iowa has the, the Big Ten Network. You don't get it. Of course, you can hear it down the hall on News Radio 1040 WHO. And if you don't get ESPN Plus down the hall, on uh, 100.3 The Bus, that's where you can find the Cyclones. Yes, and uh, people making your lunch plans, maybe thinking forward to the week. Thursday, we're going to be at the Chicken Ankeny, Coop. correct? Ankeny, good. Yeah. Going to be up there, and uh, we'll be doing our show live from 10 to noon. Stop on out, grab some lunch. We'll be yeah, having our standard Thursday show, having some fun out there. And you're going to be getting wings afterwards. I know I, you're already salivating. Now, you promised me that's the case, yes, so I'm yeah. going to hold you to it. Oh, absolutely, I, I should. I hear they're very good, anxious to get back to there. Haven't been since the uh, the original in West Des Moines. Yes. So three locations now, mm-hmm. Urbandale, Ankeny, and the West Des Moines location now, 60th and Ashworth. The old original legends is what they've taken over there. Dave does a great job. Love the wings, love the burgers, yep. chicken sandwich, everything. And excited to get out there. Always fun to be out and about with the people. So, Set up your lunch plans. Come see us in Ankeny on Thursday from 10 to noon. So what, if anything, do you hear, think we'll hear at either of the uh, the uh, football press conference today? Iowa State, uh, any news? Iowa, any news coming I, out of these? We I saw guess the, the quarterback chart. question remains, uh-huh. though the depth chart, usually those depth charts are, well, what you saw the last game. Now, Chuck That's Hartley rejoined us at 11.05. He thinks that December is going to be, we're going to have another, we'll spend a lot of, significant amount of time talking about the quarterback battle mm-hmm. in advance of the bowl game. And remember back to the... you think we will? Rudock oh, Bethard. I remember it well. Casey Bethard, the yeah. dad of CJ. Yeah. A lot of conversation there. Yeah, because I would guess if Petrus, if it sees he's not going to have a chance at the job, he's going to be looking closer to home. I would guess. I wouldn't be surprised at all. It's, it is the era after all. Uh, we are out of time. Murph and Andy will be the next local programming you will hear. That's coming up at 1. Of course, the Fanatics are here at 3. So Cyclone Insider, I guess, tonight goes at 6. Our fantasy football show the crew is still on the air at seven that's the local programming for the rest of the day we're miller and condon weekdays from 10 to noon on des moines sports station 106.3 kx